Hello, friends. Hello. Well, first of all, before we start this episode of the Unleash Your Life podcast, we have an announcement to make. We no, do. we are not expecting. <laughs> yes, we are moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to Hawaii. You've probably heard about that. And that is the instigator of this announcement. We are not stopping the podcast. Heavens, no. We love it too much. (laughs) Yeah, and we've heard from a lot of you that you really enjoy it and you look forward to it every week. We're going to disappoint a little because... Well, as we think of moving towards Hawaii, we realize we will likely be in a situation where we will not have constant internet access. Oh, egads. (laughs) (laughs) Think off-grid and who knows what. And so... In preparing for that, we are going to move our podcast to every other week. So it will still be coming, but it will be, yes, two weeks between podcasts. So you'll get this podcast and then you'll have to wait a little bit. Apologies if you really like it every week. And if we, you know, if our situation changes and we get back into a place where there's really good internet, then that could possibly change. But we're suspecting in Hawaii that we might be having to go into town to an internet cafe or something in order to get internet access. That might mean that we only get online once, twice, three times a week, depending on our situation. And yeah. We are going to do our very best. And we're going to still keep the podcast coming. We just can't do it as frequently. So we're gearing up for that. And that is the big announcement. All right. Okay, on to our podcast as usual. (laughs) Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Check out this pine cone. This is awesome. Hey. Hi there. I've been looking for you. You're looking at a pine cone? Yeah, check this out. How long have you been doing it? This is mind-blowing. Well, pine cones are pretty, yes. They're really pretty, I agree. You look a little... Have you been doing some drugs or something? You know me. I don't do any drugs. Well, I know that. Never even smoked pot. Uh, Yes, as you've said before. But this is a pine cone. Yeah, it's a pine cone. Don't you see? I remember the first time this happened to me. It happened with a pine cone. I was probably 16 years old. I was walking down a path at this campground, and I looked down on the ground, and I saw a pine cone. And Rebecca, it was as if I saw the pine cone for the first time in my life, or as if I was on an alien planet and was seeing this this strange thing. Pine cones are, they're mind blowing. The, the way the scales open up and the darkness in between, like little mysteries mm, down that inside. That is true as you what? start to think ah. about it. And the one thing that gets me is that there's seeds in the pine cone. I mean, because squirrels are eating them all the oh time. But when I look at it, I think, how do you get the seeds out of there? It's so <laughs> interesting. And then I think about the giant pine cones and how big their seeds must be. Oh. And then I think about the redwoods. It's either the redwoods or the sequoias or something. One of them has really tiny pine cones. Oh, my god! But but they're such huge trees. And they're so... Now you're getting me on the pine cone kick. (laughs) This is true. But it's not just pine cones. It's so many things. Everywhere. I was talking with the forest monks the other day about 
what if you could really just fall in love with the world that you're surrounded with? Because some of them, they get out there, especially in those first couple weeks, and they're really bored. They don't know what to do with themselves. Their mind is deconditioning from civilized life, and they just can't really see or soak into the wonder of the world. Wow, so fall in love with the world. That is such a beautiful, beautiful, just the words all put together. I love that thought. It makes me really smile. <laughs> so how do they how do they do that? I mean, do you pick up a pine cone? Oh, it's like you said, it can be a pine cone. It can be anything. When that happens to people, it's it's not raining out. Oh gosh, it's raining. What should I do? There's crystal gems of water falling from the sky Mm, that makes me think of snowflakes and this last winter we had a lot of snow and a lot of snowstorms and a lot of snowflakes but there was one particular walk that we were on and i was with the girls and they said mom look at every every snowflake of every like you could see on the ground it wasn't just snow it was a massive amount of snowflakes. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but each crystal snowflake was still intact. It was still itself, pile upon pile of it, and dusting the branches. And so you could look right up anywhere where there was snow and see multiple beautiful gemstony crystal snowflakes. And we've heard, oh, every snowflake is different. But when you get down there and you look and you see this incredible... uh, it's mind-blowing <laughs> words can't even approach the experience of some of these things well it's magical really if you can switch into that mindset the world truly becomes i remember when i was a little girl and i would think oh what would an alien planet look like what if the sky was like green and and the grass was purple and and then as i got older i thought oh my gosh i live in a world where the sky is blue Wow. And the grass is green. <laughs> and not just, we're not talking just shades of gray here. It's yeah. startling. And there are flowers that, ah. I used to think, oh, neon doesn't exist in nature. And then I saw little British soldiers with their bright neon red tops. And oh there gosh. are countless things out there. Lichen that's neon orange and flowers that are neon pink. The colors, the shapes, the textures. Nature is just filled with all these wonders. And I think there's a real magic when we can even see things that our mind formerly put into a really bad light, like that rain, mm-hmm. and suddenly it becomes this incredible experience. We had this a forest monk here, a Nicolette, years ago, and she did it with mosquitoes. Really? Really. Mosquitoes. You'd think, oh. Really? Mosquitoes? Like, oh, mosquitoes are so beautiful? Mosquitoes, she would watch them just land on her arm and fill up with blood and she would marvel at the sight of this creature they're amazing beings if you look at them for a second and those legs held up behind in the light that can shine through those legs and the in their wings which just have a slight slight iridescence and as they fill up with your blood it can even be kind of beautiful nicolette you are amazing (laughs) we love you we treasure you And wow, I mean, it might take me a while to get to the mosquitoes, but I do remember when I first met you, going for a walk with you, and I was the kind of person back then that attracted mosquitoes, and I attracted deer flies. Oh, yeah. And do you remember you used to be so kind, we'd go for a hike, and there'd be like four or five buzzing around my head, the deer flies, and you would catch them, and then shake them up and let them go. But I remember one time, (laughs) you caught one, and 
I don't know why it didn't go away. It was just there. And you said, look at its eyes. And it had the most beautiful rainbowy eyes. And it didn't sell me on loving deer flies exactly, but it did help (laughs) me to realize here's this other being and it has beauty in it. That's amazing. Stunning. Those eyes are, again, mind-blowingly stunning. The world is just filled with this all over the place. To me, one of the biggest wonders has always been a seed. You talked Mm. about that little teeny seed in a, is it a redwood? Do they have the little seeds? I can't remember which of the big gigantic trees it is that has the small pine cones and the tiny, tiny seeds. Well, pick any tree. It's going to have a relatively small seed. Compared to the tree that it becomes. And that that seed can fall into the ground. And then somehow that little teeny seed thing, (laughs) this little ball of substance. Which seems so inert when we hold it in our hand. Right. How could it be filled with life and an entire tree, an entire forest? It's an alchemist. It's going to somehow take soil in sunlight and water and it's going to combine those things and it's going to create a tree it's like having a baby out of these other substances still blows my mind and we can think of that little seed inside of a human or inside of a laying in the ground i mean it almost seems like a mindless as you said inert thing but no not at all the the creative forces coming together how does this happen? It's stunning. And that seed in the forest, of course, that's going to grow up into a tree that will create more seeds and can create more trees in an entire forest. So from that one little seed, it's going to alchemize a forest <laughs> out of sunlight and soil and water. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, just and even thinking of photosynthesis. That's another miracle. I so wish that I could photosynthesize. Oh, I mean, we do awesome. in a way. We take sunlight and we create those kind of pro-hormones like vitamin D and things. But man, imagine being a beautiful bright green leaf and soaking in the sun and actually making food from that. <laughs> Crazy. You know, this reminds me of a number of years ago. You used to write for the local newspaper. Oh, yeah. Back when we lived further south. And you would write the nature column every other week or something and you did one on a raindrop and you followed oh, yeah. this story of what a raindrop is and where will you share a little bit of that because <laughs> it's just so neat sure again rain is one of those things that we tend to shelter ourselves from and we put on rain jackets and umbrellas yeah we don't want to even be touched by it but if we stop for a moment you can imagine yourself sitting there with your palm out and a raindrop falls into your palm. And sometimes when we're walking out in mist, we mm. get a chance to see. Have you ever seen that where you can see the mist, all the little teeny floating Oh, yeah, water especially if there's particles? a light somehow, the light source shining through. you. Can, it seems like you can see each different little piece of, quote, mist. Yeah, it almost lets you imagine that you can see the tiniest little bits that water can go down into. Now, water is hydrogen, oxygen, but it doesn't like to break itself up. And so water stays in its water form. Ooh, it's almost indestructible through, in that way. Yeah. And that that raindrop that just fell into your palm, it's composed of probably 10, 20,000 of those little mist particles of water, you could imagine. And the trip, the journey that that has been on, and we can start way back in time, 
Maybe in a in a prehistoric sea. Ooh, primordial. Right, with all these strange creatures swimming through that water. Those little particles, some of those particles in there, they were taken up into the clouds because they evaporated, and then down they fell into a puddle, and a Tyrannosaurus stepped into that puddle. Mm. And that has actually, that Tyrannosaurus foot has actually touched one of those particles in your hand. Wow. Later on, you can think of, of back in that ocean, that water has returned, and it's sliding across the back of an ancient whale, or splashing against the side of the Endurance as it travels down to the Antarctic. Ooh, you know? the Endurance. Yeah, that, that ship, with that was Shackleton. Yeah. Oh, that's an incredible story. If you haven't read it, it is so motivating and empowering. Story. Yeah, yeah. And one of those particles was probably right up against the side of his ship. Another of those particles was probably in Einstein's tea and some in Michael Jackson's pee. And Oh, man, and <laughs> now you are going a little crazy here. And now here it is in your palm. If we could read the story, if we could hear the story from each of those little particles, wow. we would have the history of the Earth in that single water droplet in your hand. It's so incredible, the journey of that single water droplet. That's amazing. I mean, that's going to change the way you see a rainy day. Oh, my gosh. Now, look at that. It's pouring outside. And for a moment, (laughs) again, it's beyond comprehension. This gets mystical, actually, Mm. as we start to fall in love with the world and we start to see the interconnection of all things. Uh, Our mind is transported into a different state of being where we feel our unity with everything, where there is an interconnection it really is that kind of whoa that I was having <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of well, this episode. Well, it certainly invokes a sense of wonder. And that that is something that is delightful. And I know that we often see it in kids. And that's what's so great about being around kids, that they are almost, the younger they are, they are almost always in that state of wonder. They go from one wonder to the next. And so I don't want to be kind of the downer here, but that's great. But, but what is it going to do for us? like every day oh. our everyday lives I mean that's a great question awesome I can go out I can see a pine cone I'm going for a walk but I gotta get back to the real world and what is that gonna do for me we live in a progress based world where it's hard to see the value in something that isn't practical is a state of wonder going to get a house built now you hit on one part of it right here it's it's that childlikeness arguably this is the meaning of life to be soaked into wonder. Mm. The brain thrives on novelty. And all of our our old wisdom traditions are basically saying if we can be present moment, that's where the heart of life is. Mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. There's also a practical side to it. Because if I'm just going to build a house, it's probably going to be just kind of a square, regular thingy. But if I can look with wonder, with that sense of wonder, I'm going to become one of those architects and house builders that looks at the landscape and says, how can this human dwelling blend in with the landscape? How could I use materials that are already there? How could this really be fit for a human experience, a Mm. wonder-filled human experience, instead of just a square set of walls that's going to be utilitarian? And therein, I think we see the magic here in wonder. So maybe if we could apply that to more things. Well... 
It makes me think that we spend a lot of our time seeing wonders, but not in life, like on a screen. I'm thinking just even of like BBC's Planet Earth, amazing, but I'm still watching it on a screen. And again, it kind of reminds me of a supplement versus eating a real food. <laughs> There's so many, quote, wonders of modern life, but they're all so sort of two-dimensional. Sit on YouTube and you can watch wonder after wonder. Humans doing incredible things, nature doing incredible things. Our screens are incredible. They sweep us into these experiences, but we can forget sometimes that they're just screens. And that really all we're doing is we're staring at a, at a two-dimensional image. We can't taste it. We can't feel it. We can't smell it. We're just becoming kind of visual creatures when we're on a screen. Mm. I wonder how, like, what percentage of our life is actually just experiencing things through our screens. Uh, I would say, <laughs> as far as the wonders in life, it's often probably pretty high, maybe 95% or more. Oh, mama. Because a lot of our life outside of our screens has become utilitarian because mm. we don't have that sense of wonder. So our life outside of screens becomes often going to a job we don't like, trying to make enough money to pay the bills, and then the screens become our emancipation from that oh, dull real yeah. life oh, okay, experience. Okay, so real life becomes kind of boring, and the screens, I'm thinking, amazing movies where there's explosions and there's... It, it's gotten... Well, when I was a kid, this makes me think of the CGI. When I was a kid, there were some CGI things and they were amazing. Oh, but yeah. now, if I look back, oh, they're laughable. You think, oh, that's so funny. Because we have this high, high, high standard of what excitement is. And I feel that that's kind of, as you said, the word deconditioning our mind. So that when our child comes in and says, mom, mom, look at this flower I picked. We're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty. But we don't actually really experience See that it? wonder. Right. Or the child giving it to us. Right. The thing with our screens is that they are created within a system that is, well, is money-based. And so for people, for a screen to lure somebody in, it has to be more flashy, more exciting than other things on the screen. So we've created this system where there's this huge competition to get you to look at certain wonders on the screen. Mm. And to do that, it has to trigger certain things in our brain, the kind of super high vibration, flashy, energetic kind of... Right, in your face. Yes. We were talking about that a while back in one of the podcasts with, with news channels. Oh, yeah. Our news is the worst news. This <laughs> is the most awful. Look at me over here. Choose my channel. Yes. <laughs> like those flags that they're waving all around in your face. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. It's, it's not real good because it conditions our brain in such a way that we no longer can find wonder in the everyday life around us. The face of a child, the sunshine playing over a tree. A bird call. Yeah, these lose their wonder because they don't hit us hard enough. So on the food parallel, my brain's kind of percolating this. This reminds me, we had a whole podcast on basically on sugar. This reminds me of sugar. This is like sugar for our brain. This is sugar for our In brain. In the same way that our modern standard American diet is really sugar 
is in so many things that we begin to be deconditioned to the flavors of real food. We can no longer taste it. And then we're left with one food group, which is the sugar food group. That's all that we can eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But that's kind of what it seems like sometimes. And it seems the same with this flashy wonder, technology wonders. They are sugar for our brain. And suddenly our brains can no longer see slowing down and taking a moment to lie in your hammock and watch the shapes of the clouds floating by, that just doesn't register. It doesn't. That's uh, over and over again. We see this with the forest monks. When they get off of sugar, wow, they can taste their food again. Mm. It's what a great parallel, Rebecca, because it's really kind of exactly the same thing. So we need to get off the brain sugar and then we can see the novelty and wonder in our everyday lives. And that wonder is so much richer and deeper. Like sugar, it it blasts us, sugar does. And we can think, oh, this is really good. But we really don't enjoy it that much. It's not as yummy as it appears. It's just triggering certain things in our mind, in our brain. It's certainly not nourishing. And it's definitely not nourishing. It's the same with the wonders of the world. The screen wonders, they're not really good for our brain. Well, I'm thinking of watching a high-paced again flashy is the word I think of explosive whatever movie and I think about how that feels versus maybe going someplace that's awe-inspiring we have a beautiful lookout near us where you can see for miles and miles and miles and the wind blows and there's the call of the bald eagle as it soars way up high but you're up high too so it's like right next to you and the way my body feels after that is so different from the Mm -hmm. way I feel after watching a very exciting movie yeah I remember that. We used to watch lots of movies, and I remember the feeling Yes, you've heard that right. We've watched movies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a little bit subtle, but I didn't feel good inside. My Mm -hmm. brain felt like it was kind of twisted in this. It would always be hard to sleep that night Yeah. because my mind would be filled with all these images. And, boy, contrast that with sitting there on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Or going to a beautiful waterfall. And those are just some of the big ones that take our breath away. But how amazing would it be, as you said before, to fall in love with the world? And by that, I mean the world all around us, the little spider that's crawling on the sidewalk. Yeah. So, how do we do that? How do we do it? <laughs> well, come out for the forest monk program for four months in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> what if I don't want to live in the woods for four months? What do I do then? <laughs> how about. Just less screen time. Well, that is a great place to start because with all of these things that have that that cultural influence that's giving us, for instance, a lot of brain sugar, it's going to be kind of difficult if we're taking in lots of brain sugar to start to appreciate other things in life. So reducing our screen time, especially our screen time that's used for quote screen screen wonders screen screen wonders screen wonders <laughs> see what it does to our brain <laughs> and that's tough because we love our movies we love our YouTube we love our surfing the internet and seeing all the amazing things that are happening in the world it's cool it's awesome in many ways but if we can do that in moderation it will mm. make a big difference I love the analogy of brain sugar what if you said Every time I'm going to go and do a text or watch a movie or play a video game, I look at that as I'm giving myself a candy bar or I'm eating an entire cheesecake or 
even with the text, oh, I'm just popping an M&M and another M&M and another M&M and another. And how many does it finally add up to? If you saw each of those activities as a piece of junk food. Yeah. Maybe you could say, oh, you know, I'm going to watch this movie tonight. I am intentionally eating a piece of sugar. Yeah. That, I, that was a big turnaround for us because we started to become very intentional about taking those things into us. And then over time in doing that, they lost their shininess for us. And now we're seeing shininess in so many other things and those movies don't hold the pull that they do anymore. So if we use our technology as a tool and we use it, we use the technology for the utilitarian things. I need to contact somebody through work or I have to place an order, Mm -hmm. but we don't use them for the novelty hit every day. Yeah, start to find your novelty in your everyday experience of life. Now, this can be doing more things like what's, oh, you have a family, Mm -hmm. going on more hikes, going to special places, seeing things, going out and having experiences, choosing real life experiences, go to the science museum. So there can be life choices where we say, okay, instead of watching a movie, let's go to the park and play on the playground stuff. Oh, yeah. Go to the beach and build some sandcastles. So that simple choice can make, make a huge difference in starting to rework your mind. So basically what you're saying is we need to have a conscious cultivation of wonder. Conscious cultivation of wonder. Absolutely. It's... Like so many things in life, unfortunately, it takes a little bit of work. Mm. And our culture is actively conditioning our minds to this, this brain sugar. <laughs> and if we just keep taking it in, it's going to dictate how we see life. It's going to dictate what is interesting to us. And the only thing that's going to be really interesting is the drama and the flashiness and the explosions that we see on the screen. But we have the choice. We do. And even though it is a little bit more work, in the end, it becomes far more rewarding. Let's give some people some awesome action points to make the change. But first, I want to talk about wonder because one thing that's wonderful for us are all of you out there who are supporting this. We, if you don't know, we say this a lot, but we do talk about you every day <laughs> and how amazing it is that we get to put these things together, our videos, our online courses, our podcast, and it is because of the people who support us through PayPal, through Patreon, as well as those of you who comment and who send us emails and let us know that this is impacting your life and share with us the positive changes that you're making. We need you more than ever. Here's what happened with us. We have our school here where Forest Monks come out. In the first two weeks are really challenging for almost everybody that comes. This year, the weather was... Abysmal. Abysmal in that sense of rainy, snowy. Now, it's not that it's not possible to see the wonder in an experience like that, but the people that came were not ready for that. No. And we had people drop out of the program, which has really never happened before. We've had, I think, two people in the whole history of the program drop out. And this year we had three right in the spring. Yeah. Which is meaning that our Adventure to Hawaii, the 100% project that hopefully you've heard about, where we are going to be taking our family and we're doing it with 
there's going to be two families of four trying to get to 100% of our food from wild, locally sourced, and grown in our own gardens and within a year to have that be where all of our food comes from. And it's a super exciting, world-changing project that is a little bit in jeopardy because financially, we're going to have a harder time now. So we need you more than ever to become a patron of our work. You can do it on our website, rewildu.com, R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com. And you scroll down a little bit, there's buttons to hit there so you can become a patron. There's various ways to do it and various platforms. And this allows us to do the 100% project. It allows us to do the podcast. It allows us to do the videos, Mirabelle's channel, all the stuff that is making a difference in your life. We need your help. Please consider becoming a patron. Have you ever thought of it? Now is definitely the time. <laughs> and of course, so much gratitude to all of you who are supporting us. We love you. <laughs> okay. It's time. it's time for you to unleash your life. <laughs> I got a little carried away, but I'm filled with wonder. What can I say? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, what's action point number one? Okay, action point number one is a great tool that we've used with Forest Monks out here, and that is developing the artist's eye. This can mean just walking through the woods and seeing things as an artist would, starting to pay attention to color, to texture. And it's not just about the eye, it's about all of our senses. Taking a pine needle, putting it in your mouth and tasting it, mm. smelling the moss, running your hand through it. There are so many sensory explorations out there just waiting for us if we can develop that artist's eye that looks beyond the superficial, looks beyond our labels of, oh, there's a pine tree. Oh, I'm thinking of a few things here. First of all, I'm thinking of the Foraging 101 podcast we did where we talked about some of the forager chefs out there who really mm. go in depth. So when you said taste the pine needle, I thought, oh, you could get really artistic. Go out, grab some f wild edibles and make yourself some amazing food. The next thing that came to mind was Mary Oliver, the poet. She recently oh. passed away this year. Phenomenal, phenomenal poet. And she often... Her poems were often about nature, but the way that she coupled her words together gave you an immediate sense of what she was experiencing to the very core of it. And so could you go out, have an experience in nature? Could you come back and write about it somehow so oh, that yeah. someone else who read it would get this inrush of wonder as well? Drawing. Yeah. One of the first things people think about with being an artist. And the forest monks out here, they all get a journal. We'll often ask people to sketch plants as they're learning a new, a new plant. And you don't have to be a great artist. Oh, just have fun. Yeah, but when you sketch, you start to see things with that artist's eye. You're retraining your brain here to not just look and blah, but to soak in mm, to the sensory experience. Colors, textures, to take fabric. Fabric that reminds you of the forest floor or the mm. sky or colors that remind you of light on the water. And just take one tiny little element and play with that mm. and turn it into wonder. I mean, I think all great art, whether you are super famous or you're, it's just yourself, it's really filled with that wonder. What about nature art? Well, nature art, I was thinking about that. What's that guy's name? Andrew Goldsworthy? Is that oh my gosh. He is insane. If you can check out some of Andy Goldsworthy's stuff, you will see 
a man who goes out into nature and just using natural materials, he creates things that look like they almost could be completely natural. Like, oh, as though they grew out of nature. Yeah. And yet you know they didn't. It's, it's like half human-made, half nature-made. And this is such a fun thing for kids. It can range from arranging pine cones in cool shapes on the ground to, you know, you can take paper and dandelions create yellow mm. grass creates green violets can, have a bluish purple yeah, yeah you nature can draw painting. pictures yeah. nature painting <laughs> oh my gosh if please try to check his stuff out andy goldsworthy just things that will blow your mind away and really even they are flashy nature art in some oh, yeah. of it yeah oh my goodness action point number two then we just did an episode on this that was shinrin yoku yeah, episode, yeah yeah shinrin yoku what better way to absorb the wonders of nature than to get out for a Shinrin-yoku walk in it. Simple practice, it retrains your brain into being there with the wonders of nature and you get so many benefits from it. Check out our last episode and you'll learn all about Shinrin-yoku and how to apply it in your life. And I wanna just jump in and say that the slowing down is really important. And we might think, oh, I'm too busy, I can't stop. But even stopping for a one breath meditation to look at something particular, it could be a house plant and just the play of colors on a leaf. And for one breath, you stop and you absorb that wonder. Mm. That's all it takes, a few of those throughout the day and you are on your way to really, truly consciously cultivating that sense of wonder. Oh, so lovely, so lovely. And remembering that the sense of wonder doesn't just have to be things that we see out in nature. You can be looking at your lover and just appreciating the play of light in their hair or even the way clothes fall over their body. You can be looking at a child and just appreciating how they are sitting there reading a book and looking at all the shapes and colors that make up that, that picture and the emotional experience that you have looking at that child and appreciating the wonders of childhood. It can be even... I'm going to say here, we're looking at our microphone and the weave of the metal of the top yeah. of it. It's beautiful and astounding. So wonder everywhere once we start opening up our mind like this. It is a wonderful world. <laughs> that, I guess, brings up number three. And number three only applies for some people because, well, actually, I think we could apply it to everybody. Mm. I was going to say that... Number three is only going to work if you have God in your life in some way. You believe in a creator. But even if you are very science-based... Oh, we have some science you friends who literally are blown away with the wonders. Exactly. If you think that this is all randomly created, just as effective to look and go, Whoa! Check this out. Can you believe this actually happens? What the random forces uh, have created right through through chance and and evolution and wow and if you have god in your life in some way then you can look and say wow what god has created this is mind-blowing if you have more of that hindu mindset what god is invoking him or herself as all around you this is all the play of the universe unfolding around us in colors and textures and wonder Wow! Check it out. <laughs> it is so remarkable to step into that mindset 
And even if you can't live in it all the time, taking some time every day to remind yourself that this world is incredible. All the little bits and all the big bits of it. Once we start paying attention, our mind starts to shift. And that's the key. Yes, we have to get over the sugar, but (laughs) the brain (laughs) sugar. But as we start to pay attention, then we start to see things in the world again. And your practice can be as simple as starting to look around you and just stop, as you said, once in a while. Take a breath and appreciate you're looking at a piece of wood, the grain in that wood. Look at that shadow. Look at things that are human-created or nature-created anywhere around you. Stop and just appreciate for a moment through the eyes of an artist, through your own just appreciation, seeing it as the creation of something greater than us playing in the world in these myriad diverse forms unbelievable (laughs) well we want to hear from you about what blows your mind about what fills you with a sense of wonder so please share with us head to our podcast page write to us in the comments and tell us what fills you with wonder love to you all we will talk with you soon thank you very very much (laughs) 